in association with the Agri Health Network, it's time for That Farm Life podcast, Planting Hope, Harvesting Strength. On That Farm Life, we talk about that life that is that of a farmer and their family. It's about the day-to-day grind, the good times, the tough times, and everything in between, because farming is more than a job, it's a way of life. And we're here to offer opportunities to help you deal with the stress and strains of farm life through faith, family, and community with other farmers. Now, here's your host, a farmer, a former agri-business owner, and also the pastor of a Southern Baptist church in Arkansas, Archie Mason. Well, hey, folks, this is Archie Mason, and welcome to another episode of That Farm Life Podcast. We're so excited you've chosen to uh, be with us today. we got a lot of listeners. I think we're in uh, about 48, 49 states now, over 40 countries. So thank you to all of you who have subscribed, who have liked, and who listen to the podcast. You know, here at uh, That Farm Life Podcast, it is a resource of the Agri-Health Network. And as we always say, it's okay not to be okay. We just want to help you not stay that way. And so it's always good to hear each other's stories. Uh, and over the times of the episodes in the past in the podcast, we have talked about a lot uh, different uh, things that are happening in the farm life. Well, today, I have a friend of mine who is from Texas, Dr. Ronnie Hill of Ronnie Hill Ministries. He is an evangelist. Uh, he has, uh, him and I have served together in uh, some different events uh, where he's been preaching. Uh, also, he's a cowboy, and uh, he has a very interesting story, and he's in a lot of schools and uh, uh, sharing uh, about different aspects in the school situations. And uh, we're going to talk some more uh, about that in just a few moments. But Ronnie, great to have you here today. Thank you for being with us. Man, thank you, Archie, for having me. It's always good to see you and be with you. And uh, I'm looking forward to this. Well, hey, man, you're taking time out uh, being with your wife's family and uh, down in Florida even now. So, uh, hey, thanks for that. Hey, speaking of your wife, you have an interesting story. Uh, Tell us about tell us about your family and tell us specifically. I want to know about how you met your wife. Okay, so I have a wife named Jennifer and son named Jake and uh, his rodeo name is JT. So when he's in the arena, that's what he goes by. And he's 17 now. And uh, high school rodeos made the high school state finals this year. Wow, uh, we, awesome! We, uh, next, uh, and it's in two weeks, I guess. Uh, we'll be going to that. So, and team roping. And so, uh, but yeah, my wife Jennifer and I—we've been married now for twenty years. And so, uh, we're in Cocoa Beach right now. This is where our family is. Uh, we're visiting them. And matter of fact, she went on a job interview this morning. Um, she, uh, my wife, used to work for NASA, and so she's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get how, back. yeah how did how does a nasa scientist or whatever end up with you how did that happen dude that was a god thing man <laughs> i just that god just blessed me so i punted beyond my coverage but uh i was preaching in ohio man and uh she's from florida and i'm from texas and we met in ohio and she was going to a church service with uh, a grandma and the grandma the aunt said no you gotta come with me i'm singing in church this morning so she goes with the aunt and uh, I see her sitting out there in the audience and I'm like, you know, and by this time I'm 32 years old. So when you're 32 and you've been single this long, man, you can spot whether a woman has. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
I saw she didn't have a ring on, man. And I asked the pastor, I said, hey, who's that girl right there? He said, man, I don't know. I've never seen her in my life. And uh, he said, but I know who she's sitting by. And so uh, as soon as I got through preaching, man, I made a beeline towards her. And, you know, people trying to stop me. Oh, you know, that was a wonderful sermon. I'm like, yeah, bless your ministry. I, I'm trying <laughs> to get back to catch her before she leaves, you know. So I got her information and uh rest is history. So, so you're, pro- hey, you're probably up there preaching thinking, oh, Lord Jesus, I, I hope she comes forward in the invitation, you know, or, yeah. or something <laughs> like that. Wow. Hey, so let me ask you this now. Okay, so. Uh, you you know, if Texas cowboy now, you know, you got JT now and that, yeah. though, but, but when you, uh, what I want to know, so you're almost trying to run over people getting out of church to catch her. Did she, yeah. uh, was she like receptive to that or she oh, like, yeah. I, Just hanging back and she kind of hung back and, you know, hoping that I would come talk to her or whatever. And so, Oh no, I don't know if I believe that or not. Oh yes. <laughs> Yes, man, that's what happened. I got to tell the truth. So. <laughs> hey, well, hey, tell us about this. Okay, now, I'm interested because, man, I haven't seen JT in a long time, but I, I think I called you. I said, man, I got a postcard from him. He's, like, taller than you are now or something. Oh, so, yeah, he's a big old boy. Are y'all team roping together? Uh, no, we've done a little bit of that, but both of us head mostly. Oh, and, okay. Uh, okay. So, all of our horses are head horses, except we, we got a couple of horses we can heal on, but most of the time we head and uh, it's just easier that way. And okay. so uh, he's uh yeah, he's six foot two now and getting some meat on him. And uh, so he comes to handy when we're hauling hay now. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> he used yeah. to not be handy hauling hay, but now he is. So, Hey, so you had a little, you had a little uh, incident or an accident or something happened the other night. You're roping somewhere. What, what took place yeah, there? I was roping in a, a pro-am. So I was roping with junior world champion healer. And, um, when our first steer, I come out there, rope the steer. And, um, when I went to the horn, I, I felt like the uh, coil go over my wrist. And so I got another dally and I thought, well, it's going to hold, you know, cause I got another dally. And sure enough, I turned him off and it, you know, it was, not, it was okay. And, but as soon as junior hit those two feet and hammered back, it just sucked that coal all the way down on my arm. And, uh, I thought I'd cut my hand off. So I un- undallied real quick and, uh, I held up my hand and, and just to look to see if it was still there. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> but Man, that's I, a, yeah. And that's how a lot of ropers you lose fingers or thumbs fingers. or. And, so, and I've seen it before. I've seen it where a guy's had his thumb in the glove and still on the saddle horn. And so uh, I held it up. My, my glove is hand glo- is on. And so I'm thinking, well, I, I, I said to Junior, I said, he come run over. Are you okay? You okay? I said, just tell me, is my hand still there? He said, yeah, it's there. It's there. He said, wiggle your fingers. I said, man, I can't do nothing. <laughs> he, he said, wiggle your fingers, man. And uh, so I could barely move him. He said, okay, you're okay then. You're you're good. <laughs> It's so man, I got off that horse and I was in pain and uh it swelled up. I mean it's it's like big as a baseball. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I couldn't even make a fist or anything. And I had to rope a second steer. So I had 30 minutes to ice it down and stuff, and I I couldn't even close make a fist. And so uh I roped the second steer, but uh when I jerked my slack, it waved it off. And so it was a good thing though. <laughs> that that waved it off. Wow. Well, at least you still got your hand. Hey, tell us uh for the uh listeners out there. So man, you, you know, you guys are living on a, uh, living on a farmer in Texas. And you, you told me the other day about you cutting some hay and roping and, and all that. So tell us about your ministry. I know you were called to ministry at 14. Wasn't you 14, 15 years old, yeah. something like that. Yeah, 
Yeah. Now, how did that develop into your organization now? Because, and I want to give you plenty of time to speak about it because I, I believe there's some listeners out there be very interested in your story. But you, uh, man, you've done biker stuff. You've been, I mean, cowboy, you're, a lot of different kind of events you speak at, plus in churches. So just kind of give us the whole big picture of your ministry, what you do. Okay. Well, can I give you a little background to kind of get you to there a little bit? Yes, go ahead. Okay, so uh, I'm a result of a rape. My mom was raped when she was 17 and could have had an abortion. She didn't. She had me. So I'm not here by accident. And I, I think people, you know, that are listening, they're not here by accident either. They're here for a purpose and a reason. And but I didn't know that. And what happened was my mom, when she got um, she got pregnant, this guy she'd been dating for two years. They ended up um, getting married and it wasn't the guy that raped her, it was a different guy. And um, they got married, moved to Kansas, the big red one, the army base up there, had the second, my second, uh, my brother. And um, the guy that my mom married ran around or was an alcoholic, beat her, all that kind of stuff. So she ended up getting a divorce. We ended up moving back down to South Texas where, I, where we were born and raised. And she ended up meeting a guy at a country western two-stepping bar named Jamie. And uh, they fell in love. He asked my mom to marry him. They got married. He adopted me and my brother Alan as his own sons. And so I grew up in that kind of family, cowboy type of deal, trail riding and all that kind of stuff. And um, he ended up, uh, you know, good old boy, drink a six pack a day, uh, Lone Star, maybe, you know, a, a case on the weekend. And uh, but my mom would take us to church every once in a while. So two years later, you know, uh, I, I gave my life to Christ when I was eight and uh started praying for my dad that God would save my dad. Two years later, God saved my dad, sold everything we had, moved. He ended up calling to ministry. We moved to Fort Worth, went to seminary. And um, while we was up there, he ended up, um, you know, getting his first church in Oklahoma. And um, so as first church in Oklahoma, while I was up there, I started to preach the gospel and uh, just been doing it ever since. And um, got a, job as youth minister when I was up there and, um, going to, sem- uh, going to college. And, uh, while I was doing that, this guy asked me, he said, Hey, would you be interested in traveling with this other guy? Uh, that's an evangelist. And I said, yeah. So I traveled with him for the summer. He asked me to stay on full time with him. And so I did and, uh, was with him for 10 years. Didn't even know what an evangelist was. And, um, so started doing that and realized that I had the gift of the evangelist and, so it went from there. And then when I was in 97, I was while he was preaching, I was sitting there like God told me very clearly, there's no reason for two events to be sitting in the same service. I'm like, but God, nobody knows who I am. He said, well, I called you. I'll provide for you. So I uh, told him, hey, man, I need to go on my own. And so I went on my own and started doing stuff. And I wanted to do stuff to reach people. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of in that world, the cowboy world, all that kind of stuff. And so I was with my best friend in Tennessee at a NASCAR race and saw 200,000 NASCAR fans. I thought, man, we got to get the gospel out to these people. And so the next year went up there and did it, uh, gave away, um, um, Harley Davidson motorcycle. People come underneath the tent, listen to me talk and, and just for 10 minutes and told them, tell them about Jesus. And so we had 740 something NASCAR fans saved that weekend. We went from there and, started doing Sturgis bike week and ended up having 1200 bikers saved in a week and went from there to Calgary stampede rodeo. And then from there, just, you know, doing stuff like that. 
because when you go and you go to a church, you know, you don't have as many lost people as you do at, at, at a NASCAR race or at a bike week or a rodeo, you know, so I wanted to go where the lost people were. And so we've been doing that kind of stuff ever since we still do. The majority of our stuff is churches and stuff, you know, but and crusades and one days and men's wild game dinners and stuff like that. But um, I love being out there where it's totally lost people. <laughs> That's what oh, I yeah. like to do. Well, you know, Ronnie, you sharing your story and man, I, I'm so glad you're doing that too. There's a, there's a lot of folks out there listening to this that uh, maybe they're, you know, how they were brought up was maybe the same as you. And maybe, you know, you, you're very transparent in that, that you're the product of a rape and your mom, uh, you know, decided to uh, give birth to you. And uh, what, what would you say to folks out there? Maybe some of those people said, man, I, Ronnie, I mean, I, I got a story a little bit like yours and that, or maybe I'm in a situation now that, you know, you ended up, you had your dad later who adopted you, but maybe they're out there and they don't have a dad. What what would you say to, maybe they're going, they're struggling. They, they've got a story similar to yours. They just don't maybe have the outcome that, that you've had. Well, I guess the, the benefit of what I went through, there's pluses and minuses to it. And, and so, you know, when you're in it, there was no peace. There was no purpose. There was no meaning. There was a bunch of fighting and junk. And, you know, just I, I remember as a kid, you know, little kid, five years old, six years old, we'd have to go two o'clock in the morning to tap 98 beer joint in Angleton, Texas, to pick up my dad because he was too drunk to drive home. You know, I, I remember all that junk. And then the flip side of it, I know all the peace. Once my dad and my mom gave the life to Christ, I mean, there was, there was peace in our home. Wow. There was no fighting in that junk. And so, so I know the benefits of both sides of it. And so if you're going through that junk, I'm here to tell you the only solution is Jesus. Yeah. And, and he totally, I mean, if he could change my family and do all that, he can do it to yours. And so if you don't have any peace and you don't have any purpose and you're wondering, you know, what's the meaning of life? Why am I here? You're, you're here for a reason. And that reason is, is that God designed you for a relationship with him. That's why you were created to have a relationship with him. And so if you don't have that relationship, the very reason you're created, it doesn't exist. So that's why you don't have any purpose or meaning. And so, and the bottom line is we, we've all sinned. There's nobody here better than anybody else. I mean, I don't care. I've been in hundreds and hundreds of churches and, and we, have all sinned. Preachers, choir members, deacons, church people, good people, everybody, we've all sinned against God. And, and the consequence of our sin against God is, is we deserve to go to hell. Hey, I've done a lot of mission trips overseas and done all that stuff. I'm going to tell you right now as a preacher, I flat deserve to go to hell. That's, that's what I deserve because I've sinned against the holy God. But here's the good news. The good news is even people like me that deserve to go to hell, God sent sent his son Jesus out of heaven, down this earth, down a cross for me because he loved me that much. And he did it for you too. He loves you and desires a relationship with you. And if you're willing to do what the Bible says, you're willing to admit that you sinned against God. You're willing to repent and turn from your sin and commit your life to him. He'll save and he'll change your life. You say, well, how do I do that? Well, it's kind of like this. It's kind of like, you know, uh, in a poker game, Everybody's sitting around the table. They throw a chip in and you have to get in the game. I'm not talking about that because there's a lot of people who have done that. You know, a lot of people that have, you know, said, well, I'm religious. I've gone to this church. I'm a member of that church. I'm a member of this denomination. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about in the poker game when you're sitting there and you get a hand, you know, you get these cars dealt and they're so good. 
then nobody could beat you at the table. So when you get a hand like that, what do you do? You put your cards down and you put every single chip you got in your pile, you put it in the center of the pile and you say, I'm all in. And you do that because you know nobody can beat you because your hand is that good. That's what I'm talking about you doing with Jesus. I'm talking about you going all in because there's nothing better than this. I mean, he will forgive you of your sins. He'll cleanse you. He'll he'll give you peace and purpose and meaning. When you die, you can know for sure that you're going to go to heaven. That's what I'm talking about you having. And if you don't have that and you want to, you can right now. You can pray with me. It's it's nothing magical. We're not talking about praying, you know, blessing the food or something. I'm talking about you saying, yeah, I want that. I don't have that. I want peace. I want purpose. I want meaning. I, I, I've known about God, but I, I don't know him personally. And I want to know him. You can. And see, because he died on the cross to pay for every single one of your sins, not only now, but in the future. And not only did they do that, he rose from the dead. And that's how I know I'm going to spend eternity in heaven. And if you want to know that, and you want to have that certainty that you're going to go to heaven, then you can pray that simple prayer with me that I did that day when I gave my life to Christ. And it goes something like this. Dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I know I've messed up. And I want to ask you to forgive me of my sins. And I turn from my sins. And I invite you into my life to be my boss and my Lord and my Savior. Now, if you've never done that before and you would like to, then you can pray with me right now. And you can, I don't care if you're on your tractor right now, if you're driving down the road in your truck, wherever you're at, you can pray this with me right now. If you've never done this and you want to go all in with Jesus, then you pray this prayer with me right now. Just pray this with me. Dear God, just pray with me. Dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I want to ask you to forgive me of my sins. I turn from my sins. And I invite you into my life to be my boss, my Lord, and my best friend. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. And thank you for saving me, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you pray, man, I'm excited for you. And uh, Archie can tell you how you can get a hold of him and stuff. We'd like to, if you don't have a Bible, we can send you a Bible, let you know how you can get involved in the church. But I'm excited for you. God has forgiven you. He saved you. He's changed your life. If you repented of your sins and you committed your life to him, he just changed your life. And I'm excited for you. Hey, well, Ronnie, if someone does, I know they can go to, uh, they can go to your website, Ronnie Hill Ministries. They can uh, uh, go to your email. What's your email address? Yeah, my website is RonnieHill.com. That's okay. R-O-N-I-E-H-I-L-L.com. And okay. all my stuff, my email, my phone number and all that, you can get a hold of me. Everything's in there. Hey, and I will tell you this, all those out there listening. And Ronnie, I mean, I want to say thank you for sharing that because that is of utmost uh, uh, importance uh, to, well, it is the most important thing. And to all these listeners out here, there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds out there. I know some of you, you may be on a horse. You may be working in a barn, you're in the truck, you're on the tractor, whatever. Uh, if you called upon the Lord and put your faith in him, and we want to know about that. So, I, number one, I want to encourage you, reach out to Ronnie. He is a great guy, has a great ministry. Go to his website, RonnieHill.com. Uh, and as always, you can reach out to us at info at agrihealth.net. And so, I know a lot of you are from all different places, Canada. South America, place we can help you find a good Bible believing, Bible teaching church. So you're going to need uh, to uh, to do that. Okay. And so, uh, Ronnie, one other question before we close out, I just want to talk with you about real quick. 
if we can. And, uh, uh, you know, here recently, there's been a, there was a school shooting down in Texas. And, and I know you say with me, both of us, man, our hearts go out to the families, the community. We're just broken uh, over that. Uh, you, uh, have been in a lot of schools in your time of ministry. And a lot of times you go into school, we know a lot of them are state schools and that tell us about when you go in, maybe the, um, you know, your message that this, you know, that you share, but then also maybe if you can, maybe some of the things you see in the lives of uh, the students that would be beneficial to some of these listeners that are out here uh, today. Okay. Well, when I go into a state school, uh, you know, I don't mention Jesus or God or anything like that. It's strictly secular. And I do a a bullying assembly. And um, one of the issues is, you know, these school shootings is these kids that whether they've been bullied and they've tired of it, fed up up with it and realize they they think that's the only way out is to, you know, come in and, you know, blow people away. Or it's a lot of times it's uh, breakups, a boyfriend and a girlfriend, you know, boyfriend, you know, gets breaks up, his girlfriend breaks up with him. And so he goes to take it out on people and stuff. And so I go in there and I talk to the bullies, those that are being bullied and the bystanders and tell them, you know, things that we can do, some practical things, steps. And, um, you know, I use a lot of humor in my assembly. So uh, the teacher's administration like that, the students are, you know, captivated and all that. They love the humor. And, um, but I tell them, you know, straight facts about it and stuff and um, tell them ways that we, they can get some help and some things that we can do about it. And so, um, you know, most of the schools and we're, man, we are heartbroken over what just happened at this school shooting. And, um, you know, and it people want to try to blame this person or that person, the school and all that. Man, bottom line is there, there's evil in this world. And whether it was a gun or whether it was a knife, they that kid was going to find some way to do something. And so, and, and all the schools that we go into, you know, they're, they're tight on security and schools have gotten that way all the way across the country. And um, I mean, if somebody wants to come in and do something, they, they can really do something, you know, one way or another, but, um, but it's important for us to have, you know, police officers on, on the school grounds uh, that are armed and can stop people as quick as they can. And, um, you know, we're just heartbreaking and, and heartbroken for the families and, and uh, you know, our prayers go out to them. And uh, man, it's just it's a, that's why one of the reasons why we get to schools is because we want to we want to help and we want to let them know that there's another way. They don't have to solve this by, you know, shooting or violence or whatever. There's yeah. other ways. Issues. And so. Yeah. Um, well, Riley, let me echo that, too, uh, because I, I, I have been with you in some of these uh, school assemblies in the past. And uh, to all, anyone out there who, again, has an interest, maybe you or uh, have a child in the school system or administrator, again, you can reach out to uh, uh, RonnieHill.com and, and, and visit with him uh, about that. Uh, hey, Ronnie, I just want to say, man, thank you for uh, thank you for sharing uh, the story of your life. And uh, and the story of God's mercy. And uh, thanks for giving people an opportunity to respond. So thanks for taking the time for being with us today. Well, thank you for having me, Archie. I appreciate it, man. Hope you and your wife are doing good. Yes, sir. Uh, we are. And I hope you don't get your hand caught in that dally anymore or whatever and get it yanked <laughs> off. So, uh, hey, guys, all those are folks, all those out there that are listening. Again, you you heard, you know, Ronnie Shear's heart. Uh, you heard his uh, 
testimony kind of growing up as a child and things that were going on. And some of you may have that same story where maybe you have had to go get a family member, get your dad out of a, you know, out of a beer joint somewhere or something like that. Hey, God has a plan and a purpose for you. Uh, you can learn more about that plan and purpose uh, again at ronahill.com. You can contact us here at info at uh, net. Uh, if you have an interest in Ronnie and Maybe him, uh, his ministry, him being involved in school or church or an event, uh, please reach out and contact him. Hey, as always, uh, here at the uh, AgriHealth Network and at That Farm Life Podcast, we're for you. Uh, we want to help you in any way we can. Hey, till next week, keep farming and keep the faith. We'll see you back then. You've been listening to That Farm Life Podcast, planting hope, harvesting strength with your host, Archie Mason. That Farm Life Podcast is a creation of the Agri-Health Network in conjunction with Grounded Faith Ministries, where we offer opportunities to help you deal with the stress and strains of farm life through faith, family, and community with other farmers. You can learn more about who we are and what we do on our website at agrihealth.net. That's agrihealth, one word, dot net. Thanks for listening, and until next week, keep the faith. Keep the faith.